Greetings in Jesus' name to each one of you here. Glad to be here with a group of believers that want to serve the Lord, want to do what's right, want to live pleasing to Him. That makes for good fellowship, and the Lord can be with us. And uh, bless our time together and stir stir us up to uh, to be faithful to Him. And so... This morning, the Lord has laid a little different message on my heart, but it's just amazing when I heard about the Sunday school lesson and then a few other things. It's just been that the Lord has been leading up to this message for sure. It fits in with the, uh, with what the, uh, some of the Sunday school lessons. So I hope that this is a blessing to you and encouragement to you. I'd like to read a few verses now from Ecclesiastes 1. And, uh, I don't know how you feel about getting old. Some some of you are getting close to old, and some of you are fairly middle-aged, some of you are fairly young. And you know, we we have mixed uh, reviews about getting old. Some people I, I hear people say, man, they just can't hardly wait to get old. They can be retired and take it easy and do this and that. And I've noticed they didn't much mission work involved and things like that, certainly, but they've been on their heart for many years. And uh, and then some people say, "Oh, you're getting old. It's it's just not not near what you're cracking up to be, uh, you know." And it's just interesting to hear people talk about that. I really think uh, God has some things in store for us uh, that are wonderful as you get old. But the good thing is, uh, uh, the blessing is if it's a heart that loves the Lord. So I'd like to start Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, where it says, Remember now the Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And uh, the New King James says, Remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth before the difficult days come. And uh, <clears throat> so here, here's Solomon, a man with untold money. A man that actually had it, it, pretty well everything he said his heart on. Now that's a scary thing. I don't know if you ever thought about it. that's pretty scary, isn't it? It is. It actually is, <laughs> because a man that starts thinking about his own pleasure and desires when he when he gets what his heart wants, it's it's sad. You know, you you probably read Ecclesiastes not too long ago, and and it's a sad book. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, always vanity. Would you want to say that about your life? Never. That'd be a horrible, that's a wasted life. You know, people say if you start right, you know, then you're, then you'll end right. I wish it was that automatic, don't you? Because <laughs> praise God, you know, you youth, if you're Christians here, you started right. That's a blessing. It is a big blessing to start right. Solomon started right too. Solomon started right too. So it, it, it behooves us to stay right with the Lord. And, and that's, that's a challenge because, uh, you know, we all want, at the end of our life, we want to look back and say it was a life well spent. But unless it's a life that's service for the Lord and sold out for Him and doing what's right, you can never say that. A person can never say that. But I praise God we can say that. So the title of the message is Golden Years. Golden Years. I'm looking forward to them. Are you? 
Yeah, on this side of it. Okay, now verses 6 to 8 says, in Ecclesiastes, same chapter says, Remember the Creator before the silver cord is loosed. I'm reading out the King, new King James. Or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the wheel. At, or the wheel broken at the well, then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher's preacher. All is vanity. And so you will see in verse 6, it symbolizes the frailty of life. You know, most people, all, when you think about death, life, death is out there. You know, it's just, it's out there. And, um, the sooner we realize and live as like death could be today, the better off we are. And, that, and I don't expect me to be morbid, but I mean live your life as if you could give account to the judge today of all the earth. And it'll help us a whole lot. It'll help us a whole lot. Because you know what? It just might happen. It just might happen. And I guess for some of us, the good Lord gave us an opportunity to know it. He'll give you one too. Uh, so verse seven and eight is, is talked about uh, stripped uh, God's spirit. Our bodies will return to dust, and they'll commit our bodies to the dust. And but stripped of God's purpose, our life is in vain. Stripped, stripped of God's love, our service is in vain. And knowing that life is vanity of vanities without God. Motivates the wise person to live every day for Jesus. And I think that's the main thing that we see here. So, you know, wise elderly saints in the church are great value. I'm glad to see a couple gray hairs in, uh, here in this congregation. Uh, I've been around some elderly people, and, and sometimes um, they feel like that their life isn't very important or helpful. I was around one one time and said, you know, I don't teach Sunday school anymore and, and I don't get to do this and that. Uh, and I understand because as you get older, well, just maybe your uh, ability to teach isn't quite the same as it was 30, 40 years ago. I understand that. So uh, we got to realize the facts there. But one thing I have noticed that elderly saints... Uh, that pray for the kingdom of God and for the leaders in the church have made a tremendous influence on the kingdom. So, you're, you're, you, and also uh, that elderly saints that have lived for God and are willing to speak up and and help us learn from history or learn from the trends of the day can do a lot of good for us youngsters that didn't live back then. <laughs> I've been really blessed by that. And uh, so I'm just saying that to say, elderly saints, if you're here and you feel maybe like your life is ebbing on, and it does. I mean, I, I won't deny it. I'm kind of surprised how many aches, aches and pains you have when you're 60 than when you're 40. But they're there. But that doesn't have to uh, etch away on your commitment to God and the blessing we are in the kingdom. The psalmist said, in Psalms 92, 12 to 14, it said, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Now I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I know exactly what all that means, but I understand that those cedars in Lebanon were were huge trees. They were big, up to 120 feet tall. We don't. I'm our cedar trees that I see aren't near that big, and as much as 30 feet in circumference. Now that's a big tree. 
Now, it says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. That's the righteous person. The one that's sold out following Jesus. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, I don't exactly cherish that wording, but uh, New King James says something a little bit more uh, current to relevant English. It says, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, it is a beautiful thing to see a person as they get older being fresh in their walk with the Lord, their testimony of Jesus. Doesn't that do something for you? It really does. I tell you, that, that does a world for me to look at older people. Now, I hope you don't think I'm old, but <laughs> I know I get accused of that sometimes. But I feel still a little middle-aged, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it. I want to be like this, okay? This is, this is my goal, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm letting you tap in. Being fresh and current with our walk with God, truly committed and doing what's right and willing to stand up with courage and flourishing spiritually. Now, that isn't just for middle-aged. It said, they shall bring forth fruit. These righteous people, you know, and just imagine opportunities. You know, when you start as a youth committed to God, how much you can grow. You look, you read your word and you're soaking it up and you're wanting to do what's right. You're an asset in the church. You're following his heating. You're taking examples from godly older people. I'll tell you, that's a life of purpose. Now, many times... When we're youth, sometimes, I hope not many, we do some things called regrets. Now, we don't like to think about those, but those are true uh, happening sometimes. You know, we do things that we regret. Good morning. Welcome. And uh, and it's a, it's, this message, I hope, will help anyone. You know, when we, we come and we're tempted to do things, Think it what the pathway it's going to lead us down. You know, is it going to make it five years from now? Am I going to regret this? Is this going to help me be a, a person that is like Solomon and I've chose little things and I come up, you know what? And all of a sudden, you know, my Bible reads, reading is dull. You know, serving Jesus just isn't what it used to be. You know what we're doing? We're following the pathway of Solomon. Yeah, between money and fleshly pleasures, it's a road of vanity. It's an empty life. It don't need to be that way. Now, we got to state the facts so we know what not to do, okay? You know, it's beautiful when a person is making wise decisions. They're doing what is right. And they care about God and godliness. They care about being an asset in the church. They care about making wise decisions. When they make wise decisions, they're asking their parents. They're asking wise old people, even when they're not used to get over. They, 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 they're asking good godly people what to do, and they're listening, and they're listening. See, if Solomon would listen to good advice, you know what? He didn't have to go the way he went, but he didn't listen. He went his own way. What a blessing. You know, we don't have to make all the mistakes. See, I understand there's two ways of learning. You can make the, make a mistake or you can learn by listening. Life is too short for you to make all the mistakes. So the quicker we learn to listen, 
the better off we'll be. I said to myself, I wasn't the best listener when I was youth. So I say that with a fair, a fair bit of carefulness and conviction when I say that because you can learn the easy way. That's by listening. No wonder Balaam, he said to Barak in Numbers 23.10, let me die the death of the righteous. I think that's our, always our desire. That's the way we should be. Well, I understand they did a survey a number of years ago. This was a secular survey. And I found it quite interesting. They uh, said, if you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? Have you ever thought about that? If you lived your life over again, what would you do differently? Now, these were asked the old people. In fact, these people were over 95. I suspect they didn't have a whole wealth of uh, people to survey. These people were over 95 years old, okay? And you know what they said? Just like I said, this is secular. If I live my life over again, I would reflect more. Reflect more. And I put that, I would meditate on God's word. As a Christian, we would meditate on God's word. I would reflect, you know, where ponder on where is this taking me? You know, I think we can all remember where a decision we made took us to the wrong place. You know, I also can remember when I see other people, they made right decisions. They made good decisions. They were kind of bold. They were kind of crazy decisions. But 10 years later, they were an amazing place. I didn't ever believe they would come out to that much. They made a few good decisions earlier. It made all the difference. It makes all the difference. They said, I would risk more. That means they said they would push to be uh, amount to something. I would like to say, we'll be bold for Jesus. Okay? Yeah, we won't sit on our laws and just kind of fit in. We want to stand up for Jesus. We want to speak to people about Jesus, right? You know? Well, sure. That's what we want. I would do more for Jesus, in other words. I, I would push myself out of my comfort zone more to mount more for Jesus. The third one, I would do more things that would live on after I'm dead. That's secular people. They would do more things in light of eternity. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad that we're here, and we can think about that now. We don't have to wait till we're 95. If you're here and you're 15 or you're 10 or you're 25, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100, now did I cover everybody? Pretty much. <laughs> you, we can think on these things. So if I'm going to have golden years at the end, you know what? I'm going to have to start making real wise decisions now. That's what it boils down to. Praise God I can. With his help and my willingness to submit to God's will in my life, and do what he pleases, I can be that way. You know, we don't have to. If you make a bad decision and you regret it, go ahead and regret it because that's what it should be. A bad decision should always be regret. Don't be glad about it. I see some people defend wise decisions. I've done it myself. And that's sad. It's sad. Regret it. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Get repentance. Get forgiveness of sins. And guess what? Change your ways. You can have. Otherwise, you say, well, some people say, I've messed up so much. I, I really, you know, I'm not going to have a good ending. Uh -uh. That, I praise God that don't need to be true for it. Anybody here this morning, whatever you've done in your past, you can be forgiven and you can have golden years with Jesus. That's wonderful. I, I, our God is really wonderful. Now I'd like to read about an old man, a man in the Old Testament that got old, but he was a good example. 
Uh, Joshua 23, verses 1 to 3, this gives us the background of what we're going to look at here for a little bit. Joshua 23, 1 to 3 says, And it came to pass, a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old and advanced in age. And Joshua called to all Israel for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in years. You have seen all that the Lord your God hath done to all these nations because of you, because of you, for the Lord your God, excuse me, is he who has fought for you. So he said, look, here's a man. Getting old, and he said, "You know what? It's time for me to rally the troops." I wonder what he'd say if he looks at the church today. And I don't know where the uh, what he'd say, but I think it's time to rally the troops. Don't you think? If you don't say Amen, you can at least nod your head. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's what God wants. He said, "You know," uh, uh, he said, "We have we have rest from our enemies." We don't have rest from our enemies today, do we? No, we have an enemy. The old Satan is around seeking whom he may devour. The world is pressing in. Materialism is, is coming in terrible. Our fleshly desires are beckoning us to say yes to pleasures, uh, evil pleasures. We have an enemy. We want golden years. We want golden years. We have to have victory if we ever get rest from this enemy. And I think, praise God, I, we, we'll get rest in heaven. Praise God. But let me tell you, uh, that's not something we're looking forward to, but we need to have victory over the enemies now. So he let them know. He let them know that. He was, he was a good leader. Verses 6 to 9. And therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, unless you go among these nations... Uh, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. He said, look here. Be very courageous. I'm going to help you keep and do. Keep and do. That's still the toughest thing nowadays. Keep the word of God. Read it. Love his word. Love his commandments. Love doing it. And then, and then do it. Keep and do. A lot of people believe, but they don't do. And I praise God. Anabaptists believed. Uh, th their statement was to believe and to do. And, and, and that's a blessed privilege we have that as our lineage. Our forefathers believed that they died at the stake, that we could have uh, a way and a practice where you keep and do the word of God. What a blessed privilege that we have that. Uh, that. And he said, now look, there's going to be some of these evil people around. You know, they're going to be snaring. They're going to be there tempting you to worship their gods. Yeah. And you know what he said? Don't you do that. Don't you dare do that. That's a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge with all the gods we have around us, evil gods. And uh, he said, but look, he said, no one, listen, when you, when we, he told the Israelites, when you have followed God, 
No one has been able to stand before you. Is that the way you feel about your enemies? <laughs> Spiritual enemies that I'm talking about, okay? That is true. That is true. Greater is he that is in us. You know the sentence. But see, if we're not asking him to help us over worldly ten tendencies, we can't say that. He said, you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. But you know what? That's a person that's sold out to Jesus. That's a person that, I tell you, they, they're willing to be courageous. They're saying, I believe and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I tell you, there's going to be a remnant that's going to follow Jesus that way and they're going to make it to heaven. They're going to have a good life here. They might be persecuted. They might not look, they're like, look like oddballs at times. I tell you, you know what? They're making good decisions because they happen to know that little compromising positions will lead to a life of emptiness. It always has and always will. And we need to remember that. It, it's something, you know, when, when these things come, yes, how do we think? Verse 8 says that he, he uh, in the King James, he said, and cleave unto the Lord. Here it says, hold fast unto the Lord. Uh, cleave in the... Uh, Hebrew means cling up here to catch, catch by pursuit. The Lord, cling to the Lord. Synonyms, other ways that Greek word, Hebrew word I mean, was translated is abide, fast, cleave, follow close, be joined together, keep fast, overtake, pursue hard, stick, take to the Lord. I tell you friends, that's not a half-hearted following. It's not a half-heart following God. It's one that makes a lot of difference. Ju uh, Joshua had a relationship with the master of one of strict obedience. We have these first on our wall, on many of our walls. But as we think about it, there's a lot to it. You know, he had a fixed resolve, and he was going to follow the Lord and cleave to the Lord all the time. Joshua 24, 15b says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love to see that in houses. But have you ever thought about it? As for me. See, it didn't make me think different about the house if me doesn't follow the Lord. And I, I had to ponder about that. Am I willing in this, uh, in this age where things just encroach and beckon and things are coming in and, and, you know, being sold out for the Lord, just, oh, it's in question. As for me, I'm going to follow the Lord. That's what God cares about. It's cleaving to the Lord. As for me, I'm going to follow the Lord. Then, as for me, then, you know what? There's a good chance that your house will. If we do. If we do. And I, I'll tell you, that impresses me. How am I? As a head of the home, or as a leader, as a person, maybe as a son in the home or daughter, am I following the Lord? He had a strong resolve. And I tell you, it made all the difference in, in the way he lived. Joshua was tested big time. I'd like us to look at Joshua 7. Uh, it, it, I get so many challenges from this, this, uh, you're tested. He was tested. We're all going to be tested. None of us just float into glory. We're tested. 
and that's why we wanted that to be relevant. But his cleaving showed in his hate for wrong, his love for the Lord and his hate for wrong. It shows here. Joshua uh, 7, I'll cut in verse 5. Joshua 7, verse 5. And they were to set the setting. They were defeated there, up at Ai, and they went there uh, with three uh, thousand men and were defeated. And the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shambarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. And Joshua tore his clothes. And fell to the earth on the face before the ark of the Lord until evening, he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites and to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. And oh, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround it and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So here we see God's people were defeated. We're fighting battles now. Some of them were winning and some of them are still to see the end of we're in a warfare right now for the soul of the church. And, uh, and whether, whether you, uh, see it or not, money is encroaching in, uh, pleasures and, uh, wasting time on things that aren't godly are encroaching in on the Christian church today, big time. Okay. Can I be Joshua? Okay. And, I, you know, we have to see, are we going to win or not? I don't know. In some fronts, it looks like we're losing. I hope that isn't true, but it could be. We don't want to be that way. So we're going to face it head up. We're going to be honest and open. And so God chose. Uh, then God told him what to do. And let's look at verse 10 to 13. Well, you know, he told him what to do. Bring in a tribe, bring in a, a family, then bring in a man, and then, you know, go... Uh, and so they isolated down to uh, Joshua. I mean, to Achan, if I can get it said right. And I'll start verse 9. Verse 9 to 13. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them, and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent... I'm sorry. I... I'm wait, I jumped the cog, didn't I? I went to 19. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to fill in the gaps now for you. He, you know what he said. He was concerned, and he said there in verse 10, get thee up, for somebody has sinned. And, and what, you, what we must always remember, we tend, the devil tends to let us think, this isn't a big thing. If I do this, it isn't a big thing. Number one, it's a lie. 
It is a big thing. Every decision you make, significant spiritual decision is directional. Every spiritual decision you make is directional. Write it down. It's true. Youth, middle-aged, that's me. Older, that's, that's Okay, we're getting everybody here. It makes a difference. So, so it, it, does it lead me closer to the Lord or further away from the Lord? Is it, 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 it is, uh, and also it affects the spiritual climate of your brotherhood. Okay. You're not just, you can't, I can't just go off in a corner and start becoming lukewarm and worldly minded, pleasure oriented and it not affect you. It does. It will. Eight. Remember, Israel, the nation was defeated because of one man's sin. And it is effective. It does. It, it definitely, even today, we must remember that the way I live today affects the church family. Just remember that. That just adds some significance. That's more than how where I'm going to be in 30 years spiritually, whether I'm going to have golden years at the end of the journey, or whether I'm going to sit there and say, you know what? Man, I missed the mark. I know, but man, come around the valley. Divorced and remarried. He has his children are it's so sad. His whole life is just wasted. And he said, Man, if I'd have married that other woman, my life would be totally different. And that's true. That's true. He made one major wrong decision. And then everything rippled down after that. You know, God don't always tell us the decision you're making is gonna affect you for life. But I want to tell you that could easily be true. I just want to tell you, that can easy be true. Just view them that way. Don't make that fear and trepidation. But if the fear of God and reverence of the Lord is in our life and we're looking to Him for guidance and direction, we're looking to spiritual people for guidance and direction, and we're listening and obeying, you know what? You're going to have golden years. You know why? Because you're going to have golden days now, and you'll have golden years when you get to the sunset if the Lord tarries for that. What a blessing. Now, I was reading uh, verses 19 to 26 when I finally discovered I was the wrong place. Now, okay, Achan is chosen, and, you know, he said, get up, get something done. And he said, found the wedge. And now I'm in verse 22. So Joshua sent messengers and ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in the tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerath, and the silver, the garment, and the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all of Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned him with fire after they stoned him with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones still there to this day. So the Lord turned the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of the place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Now that is a real sad ending for Achan. I wonder if Achan, when he was tempted, would have sang 301 in a church hymnal. Fade, fade, each earthly joy, Jesus is mine. Just sang that. 
What if we did that when we're tempted, you know, by the allurements of the Babylonish garments? What if we sang that? What if we sang when we're tempted to work harder for more money, to have more things that we don't need if we sang, fade, fade each earthly joy? Jesus is mine. Wonder what would happen? It'd be amazing. It would be amazing. But what happened? What would happen? Yeah. I had to think of that. It's a good song. I appreciate who brother led it. Yes. Joshua was willing to say it the way it was because God spoke to him and he cared about evil. And nowadays it's so easy for uh, for us as a group of people to gradually walk. They wouldn't go get a Babylonian scope, but we get one a little bit less modest, a little bit more worldly, a little bit. You know what I mean? And uh, after a while, it's a little bit more. And next thing you know, where's the principles of godliness and modesty going? You have to wonder. You have to wonder. Well, it can happen. There's going to be ones that stand up and you know what? Sometimes people think that a leader's radical. And I wonder how many Israelites didn't think that Joshua was a little radical. Friends, if he would have did God's will here, that nation would have never known how much God cares about that sin. They'd have never known it. I praise God for sometimes I see elderly people, and even a few leaders, only a few, that stand and say, we're not going there. We went down the road too far enough, I'm stopping. You know what would be wonderful? What if it started with you? What if it started with you? Yeah. What if that would, that would be such a blessing? Then Numbers 32, 11, and 12 says, Surely none of the men that came out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the, the Kenzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Oh, that blesses me from inside out. Wouldn't you love on your appetite for your family and your church family to say, you wholly followed the Lord. I tell you, there could be no beautiful appetite than that. That man wholly followed the Lord. Wow. What a blessing. Joshua 24, 1 to 3. Here we see what it takes to make those right decisions. Here we see he loved the Lord, he's going to obey it and do it. He abhorred sin, he was willing to do what God asked him. And, 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 and then the church rallied around the cause. They didn't sit there and point fingers. They rallied around the cause. And you know what? It changed their lives. Joshua and the whole Israel was changed because of that... Uh, of being willing to do what seemed a little bit unusual. But now here, and it, what another thing that older people should do, 24, 1 to 3, uh, Joshua. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and called the elders of Israel for, the, for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. 
And Joshua said to the, all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river and led them through the land of Canaan, multiplied his descendants, and gave them Isaac. And the, the wonderful thing is here that the older people wanted to get up and say, Look, God has led us. He's done this. You know, he is, he is, he has fought our battles. He's walked before us. And when we followed him, he's blessed us and he's led us. We need to do what is right. He was given a history lesson. How many of you know was around in 72 when this conference left Virginia conference in 72? How many of you were over five? So you remember something. Only a handful. I'm telling you, friends, we need our history lessons. We are now struggling with some of the things that our forefathers left and had blood on their backs, brethren. I will tell you, that was a difficult separation. They tried to do it as nice as they could. I was 15 at the time, okay? Uh, and my father was a pastor. He didn't know a lot, but he and I knew a little. I heard a little, of course. You expect to. And they tried their best to leave in a fashion that was brotherly and kind to preserve a standard and principle that is biblical today for you. We ought to praise God for that. And, and, and what a blessing we have to have a practice and that that is a good application of things that the Bible principles say, and we say we're going to do them together. And yet, sometimes we are tempted. And I was as a youth too, by the way. If your youth is tempted, this, you're not the first youth, by the way. And uh, to say, why do we have to do that? You know why you need to do that? Because if we don't do what is right, we'll do something else, and you won't have golden years coming up. You think it's little? It's not little. It's huge. It is huge. You go against good applications of the Bible, and you're going to have vanity. You're going to struggle spiritually. There's going to be extra problems because of unwise decisions. Don't let the devil take you there. I'm just telling you, let's call it what it is. It's a trick of the devil. And God wants Joshua's to stand up and to say, Look, it's our day of opportunity. We can rally around God. We can do what's right. We can eradicate the sin within the camp. And you know what? We'll move on with the blessing of Jesus on our lives. And we'll move on and we'll be, we'll be ambassadors for Jesus. We'll have a message. We'll have a joy. We'll have a strength. We'll have a, a, a spiritual off that is gold, is blessed today. And you have a beautiful future if you have Lord Larry that you get old. You have a beautiful future. It's your golden years. But even more important than that, heaven will be worth it all. Heaven will be worth it all. I'm telling you, friends, these little decisions that we tend to migrate and question, if we look at them in light of eternity, they're easy to make for the right. They're easy to make for the right. If we're willing to submit our will to God... There's a song that goes, We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road, and those who go on before us line the way, cheering the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testimony to God's sustaining grace. 
Surround us by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us run the race not only for the prize, but for those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. After all our hopes and dreams have gone and come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, may the clues that they uncover and the memories they discover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Oh, may the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we lead, may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. So, uh, Proverbs says, the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. What a blessing that we can look forward to golden years now and heaven forever and ever if we're willing to follow Jesus faithfully. Cleave to the Lord every day. God bless you in doing that and then we'll do it together as a brotherhood. Unity we talked about in the men's class. Unity following Jesus. God bless you. Shall we have a closing song?